Hello, and welcome to the Soul Bloom Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Doyle, and I'm so glad you're here. I want you to be the first to know that I recently revamped my one-on-one service offering. So in any event, if we've never worked together, this is where we always start. And now you get to select between two different offerings for one-on-one. You can select an inner audit or an outer audit. These two sound exactly like what they sound like, but let me tell you the inspiration for it. Just like a seed, the seed has everything inside it needs in order to sprout and bloom into a beautiful flower. But that seed needs to be placed in the right environment. In order to create and live to its fullest potential, it needs the right environment like the soil, the light, the water that helps that seed open its shell and bloom into a plant that will produce a beautiful flower. We're just like that. We have everything we need inside of us in order to bloom, but we need the right environment. And when I was thinking about this, I thought to myself, oh, it's like the perfect holistic combination of the inner and the outer. And so I call them audits because what we do is we take stock of where you are and help you to understand what is the gap between where you are now and where you want to be. This is root cause. This isn't your typical, you know, spiritual bypassing type session. Like this is deep stuff that we can go into in these sessions. And an inner audit is just like exactly as it sounds. It's when you want to understand behaviors, you want to understand the stories you're telling, you want to understand how do you move past something that's been currently holding you back or that you're not sure where to begin and how to take new action or aligned action to work through something that feels more internal to you within your inner world, your inner landscape. The outer audit is for those who are more interested in maybe business strategy and, you know, career strategy, things like that, that you need an outer perspective. This would be your environment. This would be the conditions. These would, these sessions are excellent for people who need help working backwards. You need help understanding where to start. You have great ideas, but you don't know where to start. Um, You need to pivot. You're looking to open a new chapter in your life or your business, especially if you've already started or if you're just beginning. So if you take a look on my website in the Work with Nicole tab, you can learn more about both of these audits and how they're a great place to start to work together. And if you have any questions, you can always email me or send me a DM on Instagram, and I'm happy to help you decide what would be best for you. Both of these, the real difference between these sessions is the pre-work that I will send you so that I can adequately prepare for our time together, and that way we can make the most out of that really awesome session. All right, now let's dive into... What I think has been repeating in my mind for a while now because I'm meant to share it on the podcast. So the phrase that repeats in my mind over and over again is success means nothing if. Success means nothing if. And what came to mind the first time I ever wrote it and it really came, you know, flying out of my mind was success means nothing if you're miserable. And I wouldn't have always thought that way. And I encourage you to think, what what first comes to mind when I say success means nothing if? And I guarantee you that that statement, what comes after that if, will tell you a lot, a lot, a lot about anything going on for you right now or something you've recently conquered. Because for me, success means nothing if you're miserable. And I could fill in a million other things after that. But the first and fo- foremost piece was misery. And I wish I always had this outlook, but I didn't. You know, I didn't even understand that success equals misery. You know, to me, 
in the way that I was building my life. Um, you know, I'm sitting in my office recording this podcast right now. And some of you may know the story, but in 2019, I had a really rough year. And it was just one thing after the other, you know, lots of personal things coming up in my family life and all of this. And then I finally got this promotion at work and I'd hit this mega income milestone, one that I thought, you know, my mom would be so proud of me to see me hit that, that milestone, you know, over a decade before she was able to do so without a college education. And it just felt so important to me to reach that milestone. But what I didn't account for was that the second I hit that milestone, I wasn't going to feel amazing. Like, that income and career milestone was not going to fix all of my problems. It was not going to suddenly, you know, make me happier. Now, I'll be real, you know, hitting a certain income milestone does change things because you do have a lot more income to work with. And so you do have a lot more freedom. And I want to acknowledge that privilege in that. However, it didn't change my inner landscape from being miserable to suddenly amazingly happy. I had other issues that I was avoiding in my own life, like, you know, just over committing my time, not taking time to take care of myself, um, putting everyone before me. And these were some of the major issues that I think led my mom to an early death in her life. And I was just so blind to see that I was taking on that exact same path. I was just work, work, work. My career was my identity. And I'd started to awaken to the fact that perhaps my career was not my full identity at that point. But it was hard to admit. It was hard to think, oh my gosh, I've spent the last, you know, eight-ish years, seven-ish years working like this for this career milestone, for the career to be my identity. And it didn't feel like who I really was anymore. I sat here in this office and I was like sobbing. I was sobbing on the floor. I was getting ready to go to a trip to New York City um, for work. And I was spending... I don't know, a couple of days there working on a deadline project. And um, it's not as glamorous as it sounds. And I was just sobbing and I was like so upset. I didn't want to go. And um, I remember Mark looked at me and he was like, oh my God, like, are you okay? Like, I'm really worried about you. I'm really, really worried about you. And I was like, I don't know. We have to figure something out. Like, I'm just not, you know, I'm so miserable. Like, I really, I'm just so miserable. And I was like, the first time I let myself, like, say that, and it had nothing to do with our relationship. You know, Mark and I were great. You know, we had so many good things going for us. And it's like, not every aspect of my life was miserable, but a lot of it was at my fault. It was things that I was ignoring in my own life that made me feel super terrible, And along with that came a lot of material success. It came material success, career success, uh, relationship success. It, It looked good. You know, I mean, if you knew the inner workings of some of the, you know, family stuff I was working on, it was a little bit, you know, it was a little bit complicated and I was definitely overextended. But from the outside, things looked pretty damn good. You know, like it was not like an evident like, oh, wow, her life is crumbling. But on the inside... I felt so miserable. Like, I felt like time wasn't mine. I felt like I didn't know what I was actually working for. I felt stuck in, like, this never-ending cycle of project after project at work. And I just felt like, you know, I was over, I was overdoing it on all cylinders. And so that was the reality, that I was super successful. If you ask anyone, oh, yeah, Nicole's super successful, but I was miserable. And I finally let myself admit it. I let myself admit it. And hey, you're probably thinking, wow, 2019, that's a while ago. So what did you do to fix it? Well, it didn't happen overnight. 
It wasn't like a, a switch was flipped and all of a sudden I was making changes, but it was a slow and steady process of evolving from that perspective of like, oh, wow, like I'm successful, so I must give up everything in order to be successful. Or successful people work hard until they retire and then they live their life. Like I had to reprogram, rework through all of this, all of these beliefs, all of these conditionings that were implemented on me consciously, subconsciously, unconsciously, all of them. And it took time. It took time to unravel that. And I still work in a corporate environment. And I realize more and more every single day what I want is different from the life that I was living. And is you know, the journey is so much more important than the destination. But in that time, we have to find a way to cope and to live because we we can't all just snap our fingers and fix it. It takes time to unravel it. Like 2019 to 2023, and I'm still unraveling that belief, those conditions. And it doesn't mean that things haven't drastically improved because they totally have. I mean, I was sobbing on the floor that night and packing my suitcase at the same time. And I remember how it was one of the first times I fully like allowed myself to be in those emotions, to really be with them, to like sit and be in all of the feelings. And then my phone rang. And it was a partner. And I had to pick up the phone. I mean, well, even then, now I just said it, I had to pick up the phone. I didn't really have to, but I did. And I picked up the phone and I put on my, of course, I'll do whatever you want. My accommodator voice, my accommodator, you know, everything, no boundaries, lack of self, you know, everything came out full-fledged. And I remember Mark looking at me like, what the F just happened? Like, you were just sobbing, sitting on the floor, like completely inconsolable. And then this person calls you on the phone and now you're fine. And I think his like shock of the the oscillation that I was able to do in that moment to like get it together for this job scared him. He was like, oh my God, like, are you just putting on that face like all the time? And it was like, yeah, I think I am. And so, you know, almost like, a cycle of grief. You kind of go through those emotions when you're realizing this life that you're building, especially when it comes to a career or something you've tied a lot of your identity to, which by the way, your career is not your identity. Your job's not your identity. We're so much more than the titles we give ourselves, right? But in your late 20s, that feels like who you are, you know? It really took me a while to unravel all of that and to really sit with it. And I went through a range of emotions, grieving who I was before I knew that I was miserable, grieving, you know, the life and the career that I thought was going to be my life and career forever and realizing that I couldn't continue on the way I was going to continue on and live a full life. And that doesn't mean that everyone can't do that. It was just my personal story. And I'm sure you've had an experience like this, whether it was a hobby, whether it was a loved one, whether it was a relationship, whether it was a friendship, or if it was a job or a business or, you know, a dream. Um, I like, I think a lot about like college athletes, you know, people who don't make it to like major athletic venues and how do they cope with something like this, like something that comes to an end. And whether it's just a timing thing and they knew it was coming or they had hope to go on, it didn't work out. Like, my situation's totally different, but I can see how so many other people would experience different levels of this type of grief. 
And it really does boil down to and come back to that moment of realizing success means nothing if you're miserable. At some point, I've talked a lot about satisfaction. And I think the word satisfaction doesn't really do it justice for what I feel in that word of satisfaction. But it's beyond success. It's beyond the traditional story that we've been told that we have to achieve. I mean, if you think about traditional success in, um, let's just say the 1950s, it was, you know, two and a half kids, the picket white fence, the dog, the car, the husband's working, the wife's perfect, you know, all that stuff. And that's just like a little snippet that wasn't even really reality for very long. I learned that in the book On Our Best Behavior by Elise Lunen. And that was just a quick picture of success in that time. And it was a very small snapshot and it wasn't even a very long held, you know, traditional time. It was just a very small blip. But people look to that as like that picture or like, you know, thinking of the American dream or like, what does success look like to your parents, you know, versus you versus your grandparents versus your friends or people who grew up in different areas of the world. Like success is largely, largely conditioned and we're told what it should look like at a very young age. You know, I remember I loved art growing up and my mom's a single mom. My grandmom had a painting studio in our in our basement and other women came weekly to learn from my grandmom on how to paint ceramics and how to make these beautiful things for their families. And it was such a hobby for them and it was so cool. And um, they really enjoyed it. And so I grew up around this creative outlet. You know, my grandmom had this in the the basement of our home and we, you know, saw this growing up and it was really fun. And my mom had a creative streak too. I didn't get to experience as much of it until her later years when she was gardening. But, you know, the joke always was like, oh, we wouldn't have enough money if we were just like artists. And that's not always true, you know. And at one point I decided in high school, I said I was taking a 3D art class and I said, oh, you know, next year I'm going to take business though, because like I want to like make a lot of money and go to college for business. Like, I'm not going to do art. And I found a way to do both. But I knew that that was a conscious decision in my mind. And I'm not saying like, oh, I would have been happier if I just stuck to clay. Because I love the act of business. I love bringing a new paradigm to business. I think there's so much creative strategy and, you know, collective brainstorming and things that you can do and ways that you can make people's lives better and more interesting and more innovative, you know, that comes along with any aspect of business. I mean, there's also the other side of it, the shadowy side that's like completely awful. But, you know, we need to change things from the inside out, right? So I don't regret not having more of a focus on art and creativity because now I bought that into my life. But there were years where I was devoid of that creative spark because everything was going into my career. My identity was work, 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 run the work marathon, ascend the career ladder as fast as you could, make more money, be better than last year, always top performer. And in 2019, that got old really fast because that milestone I was waiting for, I was like, what have I given up to be here? What parts of my life were just a blur that we don't remember? You know, Mark and I used to work outside of the home a lot, as many of us did. We used to go to work every day in the office and our dogs would sit home alone all day and we'd come home and we'd be tired and we'd be cooking dinner. And then, you know, we'd have the TV on because the TV was like dog noise during the day to keep them from being like sad. Um, And we would hear like 
the Pennsylvania lottery song and like how many days in a row did that just like play in the background and we knew like oh that means like we're almost done dinner at like seven or eight o'clock and like maybe I was working on deadlines so I would be later I'd have to keep working or something like that all just to sit down and do it again the next day and it became this like thing like over and over again and there are years of our lives where we're just like what were we doing and I think the pandemic really helped a lot of us realize that we want to live differently and a lot of us have taken steps toward that but it's not as fast as we may originally think and you know I have one coach that tells me that going you go slow to go fast and I love that she says that because if you would have told me in 2019 that it would take me to 2023 to like feel like I've made a ton of progress on this, I'd be like, there's no way. By 2023, my whole life will be different. And it is. But I would have envisioned it a little differently. But it's not wrong. Like, I've done so much in the past four years. There's been so much healing that's occurred, so much unraveling of my paradigm and the way that I feel. And I really do believe that success does not mean anything if you're miserable. And so back to the question I asked you at the start, what is it for you? Success means nothing if what pops in your mind, what viscerally can you feel in your body? What does that mean to you? Can you trace that back to something? Are you currently living someone else's picture of success? Is it yours? These are all questions I ask my clients all the time because I find that We're often scared to really dream and to think about what success means to us and then take it a step further and like ideally and like what I like to call satisfaction, what does that mean? What would ideal look like if we could really dream that way? Because we can. And I love to spark that for people. And so I hope that you found this helpful. I hope you can answer these questions yourself and examine your own story and really get real with yourself because time here, whatever we're doing, is very precious. And I know that from my mom's very short life. I know that, you know, if you go back and listen to an episode earlier entitled One Day When, when is that day? When will you make it happen? I don't like to think of the end. I don't like to think of like, oh, you know, this can be taken away. But realistically, you know, If that time in 2019 where I was sitting on the floor sobbing was the end for me, I would have been really sad. I've lived a great and full life, but oh my gosh, there was so much more I wanted to do. And so instead of thinking like, oh, there's so much more I want to do, how could I ever do that? Let's start doing it. And I mean it. This is like, this is the time. The time is now. And I'm always here to encourage you. I'm always here to hold your vision. I'm always here to support you. If you find this helpful, let me know. Send me a message if this resonates. I really hope it does. And I'm wishing you the most happiness and that your what if after success means nothing is not your forever reality.